You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Get out there, play hard, enjoy those games. Welcome in to Go Big or Go Home. I'm old man Troy, joined by the marvelous youngster Kevin Cunningham, a.k.a. Kid Cunny on Twitter. Before we start, youngster, I do want to say, and for all the loyal listeners, let's give some thoughts and prayers out to Papa Youngster, who had a uh, little medical issue. So you know my thoughts and prayers are with your dad, and I hope that he has a speedy recovery. And for all the listeners out there, uh, just give some thoughts and prayers out to Mr. Cunningham, uh, Youngster's dad, who had some medical issues last week. So, Youngster, I hope he's okay. Uh, We'll move forward. We'll dedicate this show to him. I know your dad loves listening to the show, and he loves uh, everything that you do. So, uh, best wishes to Pa, but how's everything else going? Yeah, I appreciate it, Troy. Um, Everything else is good. Nothing else uh, crazy. So, I know you had – it it seems like, Troy, it's it's odd because – Cars. We we don't ever talk about cars um, during our little pregame show or texting back and forth. I, to my knowledge, you're not a car geek. Um, I sure as you know what, I'm not a car geek. Um, but the only time we talk about cars is when they get completely destroyed. Like my car a couple years ago just caught on fire um, because it got hit, and me and the culprit, it was his fault, um, that's not me, you know, saying I'm holier than thou and the good person, but it, it was literally his fault. He blew through a stop sign, didn't see me. It it was what it was. Um, and then we watched my car go up in flames. So something like that kind of happened to Troy recently. So we, we our car at least started. my car at least my car didn't go up in flames. There you go. That's that's a positive. <laughs> but still thinking that there's some massive damage to the front end. So. Yeah, You know, it, you're right, youngster. You and I are not car geeks. Uh, my thought on the car, like when I went to get the rental, they're like, well, what kind of car do you want? Do you want it? I'm like, listen, lady, I got to work five days a week. It needs four wheels and it needs a start. That's all I care right. about. <laughs> and that's how I am with cars. I mean, I like to have a nice yeah. car. Don't get me wrong. But oh, sure. when it comes, I, I, I'm not into it has to have this and it has to have that. No, I really, literally, four four good wheels and the ability to start all the time. That's all I need because I drive a yeah. lot. I mean, I, I do agree. like a comfortable car, but it doesn't have to be anything special. Good gas mileage, that's it. So, yep. yeah, I'll tell you, you and I, though, with cars, it's, you know, we've had our fair share of car problems the last five years. Yeah. Or at least I have. I mean, yeah, remember you, my you, transmission? Yeah, you definitely <laughs> 
You definitely more than me. I, I don't really have car troubles other than my car going up in flames one time. Otherwise, Which trumps car... every. That trumps <laughs> every single one of my issues that I've ever had with a car, though. That's it's kind of like the it's kind of like the SEC, Troy. It's like yeah, usually Alabama's in there, and half the time they win the college football playoff. And the Big Ten can't necessarily say that to that extent. But if you start looking at teams like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, oh, the Big Ten's better. Like your car stories, your car troubles, they aren't better. They're you know they're more annoying. Um, but yeah. I have, I guess, the ultimate trump card. You, you could say. And yeah, you know. So anyway, but and I really hope I never beat that. I hope that you hold that no, card for the rest no. of our lives. I will. I will say this, Troy. Uh, when I listened to your car story before the show, and I know you're probably not going to show the whole thing here, but uh, listening to it, it, it made me think again back to how worried and nervous the other person was um like i said it wasn't my fault it was the other person's fault and they were standing there watching and they were just like horrified i mean because they literally basically set my car on fire (laughs) so i mean they were not uh they were not acting as though nothing happened um which was you know yeah nice unlike the participants in my accident and i'm not going to get into the details it just (laughs) Right. You know, the, the, the short, short of that story, why the youngster said that for the people listening in, I, I was, I got hit going through an intersection. They were turning left. They thought they could beat me through the intersection, hit the front end of my car. And then when they hit the car, they went over a road sign, a wooden road sign, just demolished it. And it was almost like impractical jokers when they got out of the car. It wasn't to come over and see how I was. It was to go no. look at the sign that they just ran over. So right. at that point, I was like, I want nothing to do with you. I'll let the police handle this. So yeah. it is what it is. We've got a great show on the Inner Peak Coffee Virtual Studio line today. Youngster, go big or go home. A lot of news, a lot of great games in the Big Ten last weekend, and a lot of great games coming up this weekend. As we always do, we'll start with any Big Ten news small, large, medium, whatever it would be. Then we're going to recap last week's game, and then we're going to preview and go over the spreads where I was terrible, flat-out <laughs> terrible at picking the spreads last week. Yes. Yes, you were. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Sometimes you're very good. Um, sometimes you're very bad. That's. I mean, if you ask any sports fan how they do betting-wise or predicting spreads or – Sometimes you're you're amazing. Other times it's like, well, do you watch sports? Well, yeah, I love sports. Well, then how are you so wrong? It's like, well, that's that's sometimes that's just how sports goes. Um, but anyway, so one thing I wanted to say for the first time, literally this year, Troy, uh, we have not done this this year, and I know you are going to be weeping. Um, I know you've been waiting for this. You have wanted it for so long. But before anything, I want to uh, talk about the college football rankings, Troy, the, the poll, the top 25 poll. Aren't Woo! you, aren't you, aren't you yeah, just dying <laughs> to find out the top 25? Um, so Clemson, Alabama, up at the top two. I'm going to go faster than ever. Um, Ohio State's three. This is We're doing this show, by the way, Monday, what is it, November 2nd, I believe. Pretty sure it is. Yeah. Um, the day before the so election. Anyway. Yes, right before the election. 
Uh, Monday, November 2nd, uh, so this is quote-unquote week 10 of the college football season. Very odd. But anyway, Clemson, Alabama, top two. Ohio State's three. As far as other Big Ten teams are concerned, Wisconsin is at 10. Um, they dropped one after not playing a game. And That's not bad for having COVID. They drop only one spot. No. Again, re- <clears throat> realistically, and this is why, I mean, the rankings, you kind of know in your head, like, where Wisconsin is around, what Wisconsin has to do to make the college football playoff. I, that's, you know, it, it's and no... Not to, not to add more time to the show, but to be honest, uh, a 10 to 14 ranking for the Badgers, yeah, guess what? That's about where I think they are. That, that's about right. where I think they rank in the nation. I, I think the, voter, the, the voters right now, where the Badgers are at, I'm okay with that. I, I really think when you look at all the teams across the country, that's about where the Badgers fall right now. Could they move up with Graham Mertz at the helm? Sure. If they have a viable threat at quarterback, oh, yeah, definitely maybe we move them up. But right now, with the unproven Mertz, I mean, one game, that's a small sample size. against. Yeah. I don't want to say an inferior team. A lesser opponent is what I'm going to say. He did what he had to do. Let's see how he does yeah. against the big boys. And then we'll see if we can start moving Wisconsin up the rankings. But for now, as a Badger fan, I don't want to hear any Badger fans complaining, oh, why are we only 10, blah, blah. That's where we rank right now until we have a proven commodity at quarterback. And I've said it every year, youngster, I think the Badgers are a team that ranks anywhere from that 8 to 15 range. Every year I say that because they don't yeah. have great quarterback play. They can right. do it with defense and a great running game, and they win in the trenches. Add the quarterback, then maybe we can start itching them up to like five, six, somewhere in there, right on the outside of the playoff. And then every once in a while they might beat an Ohio State or a Penn State and make right. that leap. But I don't think – I'll put it this way, and I, and I love the Badgers. I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing like Ohio State is. I think it's going to be – hey, every once in a while they catch that break. Right now they got Graham Mertz, looks good. Maybe he can do it one time in his four years. And then they right. have to bring in another quarterback like Graham Mertz. Yeah. That's how I feel. I want, if Graham Mertz turns out to be the quarterback that he proved in, in his first start, I want one trip to the college playoff in his career. That's what I right. want. I'd be happy with that. All right, yeah. carry on. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, Indiana's up to 13 now um, after what they did. We'll recap last week's action. Um, that's the highest since uh, God knows when. Uh, that's the first 2-0 and Big Ten start for Indiana, I think, since the early 90s, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Go Hoosiers! So absolutely. Um, other Big Ten teams, there's only one more in the top 25. This is, I mean... I don't remember the last time college football top 25, there was only three Big Ten teams. Oh, sorry, there's four. Okay, just kidding. Um, but Michigan, uh, at 23, they dropped 10 spots. So due to what happened to them, you know what's unbelievable? Lucky uh, they didn't drop out of the top 25. Yeah, they, they should have, <laughs> realistically. Uh, Liberty is number 25. I have never seen that in my life. Liberty basketball, I've heard of. They've made the tournament before. Liberty well, football? now you've heard of Liberty I, football, my friend. I didn't even know Liberty had football. But they're number 25 in the country. Good for them. Good for them. Um, 
there was something else here. Oh, Coastal Carolina as well. They're 15. I, I've heard about them the first few weeks of the season, so I, that's not shocking to me. But Coastal Carolina football is ranked 15th in the country, for those that do not know. That, that's another. I, hey, I drove. Just, there. Another little side note. I drove by the Coastal Carolina Stadium when I went down in, uh, to the Carolinas on my little vacation. It's a nice little the stadium. The Clears. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice little it's, stadium. It's a, a very cool mascot, the Chanticleers. Um, anyway, not, not to get into Chanticleer football. Big Ten, um, as far as crazy news, I don't think there is any. I believe to this point, um, at this point in time, Wisconsin is still unsure. I forgot if it's Tuesday. I want to say it is Tuesday. Um, so tomorrow, as we're recording the show, it'll be known, so listeners will already probably know if Wisconsin will be playing Purdue or not. Um, that's supposed to be happening this upcoming Saturday, um, the 7th, but we'll see. Uh, because Wisconsin, as of a couple of days ago, over the weekend, they had more guys test positive over the course of a week or so. Um, it's now up to 22 positive tests, so they're getting slammed by it. That's That's not on Wisconsin. That's not Wisconsin, I don't think, doing terrible things. Could they be doing things in practice, not football practice, but COVID measures better? I'm sure they could. Um, but I'm not one to sit here and blast a team for having an outbreak. Uh, we've seen it in the SEC. We've seen it in the ACC. You see guys like Trevor Lawrence come down with it. It's like, do you think Trevor Lawrence was out there, you know, partying and having the time of his life trying to, you know, be reckless? I highly doubt it because he's got you know how many millions and millions and millions of dollars in the Heisman Trophy and endorsements, and I don't think Trevor Lawrence is trying to, you know, cheat the system and have some extra fun on the side. Like, I – so I I don't – whenever a team, a player, like, oh, they, you know, they got COVID, it, it, it's literally like, oh, they caught the flu. Like, it's just completely random to me. Um you know, I guess if you literally stayed inside a bubble forever, but at the same time you're around football players, team, coaches, um, so nobody's susceptible to it. Um, and I don't think Well, and here's left. the thing, youngster. Wisconsin as a whole is up in the top five as far as new COVID cases go. Yeah. So it yeah. seems like Wisconsin has become a hot spot for COVID, uh, which I don't understand why, because it's freezing cold and it should kill that darn virus. But – I'm being sarcastic there, folks, but we are. I mean, we're making national news for outbreaks, and it's it's just one of those things. Again, you you can't as a coach. You can you blame Chris? I mean, if they're not following the protocols in the facility, sure, but you can't blame right. Chris for what these guys do off the field, and it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean going to party. I mean, we. You and I always relate, hey, she's a sorority, blah, blah, blah. But think about it, Kevin. In our daily lives, you go to Walmart, you go out to a restaurant, you go to a mall, you go to a shopping center, you go somewhere and you could catch it. You know, you, you could be in the dorm. And For example, in my business, we service the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. So just think about this, Kevin, a student has COVID and they go down into the lobby of the dormitory and let's say they sit at a table and they have COVID. When is that table going to be sanitized next? 
And then let's right. say another person five minutes later sits at that table. And, you know, I know it's whatever, airborne, whatever, but let's, I mean, that's my point is it can happen just because of the society we live in. But it, it, yeah. it, it sucks as a Badger fan seeing all these outbreaks. You know, yeah. I, my fear is all of a sudden they're going to have to put guys in 21-day quarantine again, and all of a sudden they're going to be missing three, four games, and there's just not going right. to be a Badger season. Right. That's, that's you know? the thing to worry about. Um, if you're a Big Ten holistic fan or Wisconsin fan, obviously, is, okay, if they only play four or five games, there's no anything. I, I don't even think a bowl uh, would send them an invitation. I, I, I don't know. Um, no, not should, at that point. But based on revenue and, you know, bringing fans in, if there can be fans at said game. But anyway, that, that's, you know, at the end of the day, Wisconsin could still run the table and win the Big Ten. And if they only have four or five wins, uh, that's, you know, <laughs> it's hard to, uh, hard to make a case. Um, to put them in the playoffs. Yeah, we just got to take it week by week, though, youngster. All yeah. right, let's let's head into the games because there was some doozies. Yes, um, the season has been, and you were more uh, on it than I was um, about favorites and teams with more talent winning games this year. I, I was in agreement with that. Um, and so, I mean, the first couple weeks have been, <laughs> I think, anything but predictable. Um, as far as how they would go for most of these teams. Game one uh, this week, this second week for the Big Ten, uh, week nine nationally on Friday night, Maryland played Minnesota. And Maryland looked like absolute garbage in game one. Uh, Minnesota didn't look great in game one either, but they looked better than Maryland. Um, and so you, you would expect Minnesota to win this game. They ended up losing in overtime. Um, so hats off to Maryland for outscoring Minnesota in the fourth quarter, 17 to nothing. They were down 17 points. They didn't score points in the second or third quarter. They got out to a big lead, then they lost it, and then they outscored Minnesota 17 nothing in the fourth, won it in overtime, bada-bing, bada-boom, done. Um, and I'm so, not even praising the Gophers. The, the Gopher fans cannot get on me for this one. They, they can't get on me. I'm not pra- I haven't praised the Gophers this year. Youngster, remember, I said it's a prove-it year. I said, it's a prove-it-to-me year. I didn't jump on the bandwagon. When I jumped on the bandwagon, that's when they were losing games. When I went mute, they were winning. And I've, I've relatively stayed mute. I've said nothing but it's a prove-it year for the Gophers. And, yeah. And, and, after, and after two games, they're not proving it to me. Right. No. No, they're not. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is... What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. And I will say this, I mean, they, they lost in overtime to a team they shouldn't have been in overtime with, to be fair, but they lost because of a mixed, missed extra point. So it, it's not as though Minnesota got blown out of the water in overtime and proved they were the worst team. But sometimes you miss extra points, and hopefully it's not in overtime. But regardless, yeah, Minnesota's definitely been a disappointment. Um, if <laughs> to go over stats very quickly in this game, Tanner Morgan only threw the ball 15 times for Minnesota. Um, he was fine. <clears throat> Muhammad Ibrahim, running back, do you know how many times, if if you haven't seen her, whatever, Troy, how many times do you think he, the top Minnesota back, ran the ball in this game? Yeah, I, I didn't look at the stats, so I'm totally guessing. I'll say nine times. 41. <clears throat> he had 41 carries in this game. 207 yards, which, again, 200 yards, that's incredible. He averaged five yards to carry, which is it's good. Um, in college football, <clears throat> it's not uncommon for, especially one game, for a top back to average seven, eight yards to carry. So averaging five is not insane, but 41 carries, <laughs> four touchdowns. Um, so he did his thing, you know, and Minnesota realistically, again, they scored, you know, 38 points in the first three quarters. They didn't do anything in the fourth. That was a huge issue. But you can't necessarily blame the offense. Uh, you certainly have the defense to blame in the first quarter, giving up 21, and the fourth, giving up 17. Um, so, again, Minnesota is just not as good as we thought they were, and they're proving that they're not necessarily in the same uh, stratosphere as Wisconsin on a regular basis. And, you know, we'll see the rest of the year what they are. But we'll see what Fleck – uh, can get out of them for Maryland's sake. I mean, it's like week one. Okay, we have this talent. We have this talent at quarterback. We have this talent at running, but we have this talent at wide receiver and five star. Okay, where is it? And then week two pops up and they score 45 points. And Talia Tagovailoa almost throws for 400 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Jake Funk, their top back, also had over 200 yards in this game. Only did it on 21 carries to give some perspective. He averaged over 10 yards a carry. Uh, <laughs> But Tagovailoa ran for 60 yards, had a couple of scores. He showed he can move. Um, they had two wide receivers, which I knew coming into this year they had. We talked about that on the pregame show. They had two really nice receivers. They both went over 100 yards. Rakeem Jarrett, the five-star freshman, he had 60 yards in this game. Uh, so Maryland's talent showed up in this game uh, when it needed to. So uh, Maryland, I mean, realistically, you know, putting in a 1-7 and seven you know, two and six effort this year was not going to be great considering all the new talent and talented guys they had. That that would have looked bad on a coaching perspective, I think. But to get a win like this definitely helps them for sure. So anyway, unless you got more on that, Troy, I'll I'll move on. No, move on. Michigan, Michigan State on Saturday. It's a rivalry game. Michigan State looked <laughs> as bad as you could look. I mean you lost to Rutgers by double digits. You had seven turnovers. So how do you follow it up? Now you play at Michigan. Oh, gee, I wonder how Michigan State's going to do. They're going to lose. No, they actually won. 
They won the game 27-24 over Michigan, who looked good in week one. Uh, Rocky Lombardi, Michigan State's quarterback, threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> against Michigan. I mean, do you think I, Harbaugh is packing his boxes? By the way, Troy, I wanted to mention this. This is the one overarching topic I wanted to talk about on this show, aside from the games. Um, everyone talks about, and you just brought it up, and understandably so. I, I think I brought it up last week that like Harbaugh, oh, get fired, hot seat, this, that, that. What he does against Michigan State, what he does against Ohio State, I think at home he's like 1-5 against Michigan State and Ohio State, something like that. I, it, it's some kind of stat like that where it's like, my God, you're that bad against those two, and Michigan State's not some power right now. Um, but I bring that to say Michigan, Michigan wins 9-10 games a year, I mean, they go to a good bowl every year. They never get over Ohio State, it seems like, under Harbaugh. But to say that, like, okay, Michigan is, is this. This is what Michigan does under Jim Harbaugh. We've seen it year after year after year now. Okay, now, if I ask you about Penn State, Troy, if I ask you about James Franklin and how great of a coach he is, most people would say, oh, Penn State, they're a program on the rise. Look at the talent they're bringing in. They're second consistently in the Big Ten East. They're right behind Ohio State. Okay, at the end of the day, Penn State wins 9, 10, maybe 11 games consistently in the Big Ten East. They always, it seems like, fall short to Ohio State once every, you know, I, I don't know how many times Franklin's beat Ohio State. It, I would guess once. Maybe it's been twice. I don't know. But it seems like Penn State just in general, not at Ohio State's level, they typically don't get it done against Ohio State. We saw it again this past weekend. So I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there and answer the question sure. right now. Here's the reason. Yeah. James Franklin took over. Well, he, he was in between there. If you remember, O'Brien was there right after right. the scandal. Right. But Franklin's the one that brought them from the ashes into the top ten. So he yeah. can do no wrong. Right? Right. <laughs> Michigan, on the other hand, they want to play in the college playoffs. And if they don't do that, the coach is not good enough. You right. tell me that Maryland Maryland wouldn't be licking their chops to win nine, ten games a year, every year. Yeah. And every once in a while, uh, you win eight because you had a tough schedule. But the expectations are so high. Now, here's the thing. I said, is he packing his boxes? Not because I think he deserves to get fired. I think if I'm Jim Harbaugh, you know, I used to coach college athletics. If I was in his seat, I would be dead tired of the outside pressures from the boosters in the athletic department. He can go anywhere and coach, youngster. You're telling me if Jim Harbaugh resigned today that he wouldn't have a job on Thursday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He would, he'd have a job. Yeah. I'm just saying for Jim Harbaugh's sake, and people, you know, it is, it's a mixed review. Some people like him, some people dislike him. It is your opinion. I'm just going from the, I'm not even putting whether or not you like Jim Harbaugh. He's a good coach. Look what he did at Stanford. Look what he did in the NFL. Look what he's done at Michigan. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been to the college playoff. Hasn't won the games you've wanted him to win. But, man, he still wins games. The guy will have a job in two days. So I'm Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I just, I, I hate to say it this way. I flip him the bird and say I'm done. Go. The grass is greener on the other. We always say this, youngster. The grass is greener on the other side. Go find him. Go find him. I'm done. 
I'm walking out of here. I got my money. I'm tired of your BS. That's what I would say if I'm Jim Harbaugh. I, I really it would. would. Be so, to me, it, it would be so much more fun to take over, like, Georgia Tech and build them up into eight, nine, ten wins and push the hell out of Clemson. That'd be more fun than being at Michigan and winning eight, nine, ten games and being ridiculed because you never beat Ohio State. No one will ridicule you at Georgia Tech. No one will ridicule you at Boston College if you win eight, nine, ten games and lose to Clemson every year. You're not ridiculed there. <laughs> that's that's expected. Um, so that's that's the difference. I I just think. And then on the, I think it's on because the flip it's all, side, though, youngster, I got to throw the the coaching ego's got to get thrown into this. I had it when I coached. Jim Harbaugh has it. Urban Meyer had it. Paul Christ has it. Every coach has the ego, right? I mean, it's there. You know, like you're saying, yeah, it would be fun, but that's as a coach, you're like, I'm. This is this is me. This is how good I am. You know, but if I'm Jim Harbaugh, at some point the stress level's got to get to me and say, you know, screw you, boosters, just screw you. I'm going to go coach because I'm good at what I do. But until he can come to that realization. Uh, he'll be at Michigan unless they fire him. But the thing is, he's got to be sitting in his office going, fire me, grass will be greener on the other side, I'll be working in two days. I, right, he has exactly. nothing to worry about as far as his future is concerned. Other than it might not be at Michigan. I know he's a Michigan guy and he's supposed to return the glory. Guess what? didn't work. Move on. Go somewhere else where you're appreciated. So, yeah. all right, move on, with the, move on with the games, youngster, unless you got anything else on Michigan. I mean, on this game in, in particular, um, again, I mentioned Lombardi and what he did through the air for Michigan State. Good for him. Um, they weren't able to run the ball effectively, um, and they still won this game. Uh, Ricky White, uh, you could say their top receiver, eight catches 196 yards on a touchdown. That's that's a hell of a game. Um, I can say hell on this show because we are, you know, the this show <laughs> gets put on a website and there's no, you know, there's no backlash for saying that word. Um, what in the hell was Michigan doing offensively? Joe Milton, their first-year starting quarterback here. All right, time for Dilute. Joe Milton there. Oh, can you hear me, Troy? Yeah, well, what happened to your phone there? Oh, nothing to my knowledge, but well, maybe something happened. Little, I don't know. Little uh, little sounds. Okay, let's, let's uh, move along here, youngster. We, we got off the tree trunk. Yes, uh, Michigan, I wanted to say this about Michigan, like Joe Milton, Michigan a week ago, in week one, they ran the heck out of the ball, and they they showed their identity, and they let Joe Milton ease into the game as a first-year starting quarterback. This game, Joe Milton threw it 51 times. Their top running back had eight carries. I, they, I mean, this was a game that was always close. This was not Michigan falling down behind 17, 20, 21 points. So what in the world was Michigan doing? Like, I, I don't understand. Got away from Why their identity. I, they were down, the most they were down all game was 10 points. That was with five minutes left in the game. Like, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> Why did you think you had to throw it 51 times and have your top back carry it eight times? Makes zero sense to me. Anyway, so that that's I don't know that that's a coaching thing to me. That's not a player problem. Moving on though, 
Um, Indiana Rutgers. Indiana did what they were supposed to do in this game. Uh, Ruck, the Rutgers dream story, undefeated season. <laughs> um, no undefeated <laughs> season for Rutgers. That would have been something. Uh, Indiana, 37-21. Again, they did what they needed to do. Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback, had three touchdowns through the air. Um, Stevie Scott didn't necessarily do great things on the ground. Averaged like four yards a carry. Um, Rutgers quarterback, Noah Vidral, had three picks in this game. That's obviously going to kill you. So, it's, I mean, you know, uh, Rutgers did their thing against a team that turned the ball over seven times. When that doesn't happen, then they're, they're going to lose. Yeah, they're probably going to lose by double digits to everybody. That's just the way it goes. So, I will say this, too, though. I'd like, at the end of the day, they had three turnovers. Indiana had none. They lost by 16 points. In the second half, they lost the second half by three. So it's you know they're 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 playing hard at least. Rutgers is trying. They're they're a team that is going to give you effort. You they're can the pesky mosquito. They're the pesky mosquito in the world, right? Mosquitoes. We yeah. can dominate mosquitoes all the time, but every once in a while they bite us, right? That's what that's yeah. what I see with Rutgers. They're the team. They're the pesky, pesky, pesky. Then they're gonna bite once in a while. Oop. They get a win. I think they'll get. I'll think they'll. I think they'll get one or two more. I think youngster, just the way they're playing. We'll see. All right. Okay. Um. So this. Let me. Let me see here. Uh. Da, 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 da. I want to see if this was for. I just want to make sure. Factually here. Okay, yeah. So ahead of, it was, I think it was just ahead of, yeah, ahead of the uh, Purdue and uh, Illinois game. That That's the game I'm, we're going to next year. Um, but I'm just being weird about it because I'm wanting to make sure. Brandon Peters, the uh, Illinois quarterback, he tested positive uh, for COVID ahead of the game. So that's why he did not play in this game, which inevitably if you're missing your starting quarterback, that's going to probably kill most teams um, against likewise talented teams. Purdue won this game 31-24. They were up 31-10 uh, going into the fourth, so this was not a seesaw crazy battle. Um, Purdue was in control, and Illinois scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to make it a seven-point game at the end. Um, but I, I really don't have much to say about the, this game other than Illinois' pass defense. If you look at stats, has been absolutely atrocious the first two weeks. Purdue's quarterback was 29 of 35 in this game, 370 yards. And Horvath, their top running back, has put in another 100-yard performance. Um, so they have a capable running back at Purdue. And it's not just a one-game thing. It's now a two-game thing. So, by the way, David Bell, the receiver outside of Rondale Moore, who still hasn't played this year, um, nine catches, 120 yards, touchdown. Again, that one-two punch when they're on the field together is its going to be something else um, at some point this year whenever um, Ronda Moore gets back. But, so, unless you get uh, anything on that, Troy, I'll move on to uh, one of our last two games. No, no, nothing on that. I mean, it was, it was two middle-of-the-pack teams playing. I mean, for positioning within the division and where and who you're going to play in the other division at the end of the year, it's important yeah. because, you know, we thought Purdue is a little bit below Illinois, but 
you know, like you said, you lose your starting quarterback, especially in college. That that is yeah. it's and and in the NFL it matters too, but yeah, I, I think it hurts even more in college. And it's unfortunate that right before the game, Peters tested positive. And as a Badger fan, you know I have empathy for that. I have huge empathy for that. So it sucks. Yeah, and again, that's a 21-day absence. I mean, so... Yeah, there's no negotiating that either. There's no negotiating that 21-day absence. That is the rule set in stone. There is no wiggle room there. It's such a killer for teams. Like, Illinois, with Peters, can compete against most teams, and I know they got crushed week one, but... He at least gives them a chance. Without him, well, Peters against like a Purdue, Kevin. If Peters is in this game, I think I think uh, Illinois wins the game. That's flat and flat and simple. Yeah, that's not crazy. Yeah, they probably score more than ten points in the first three quarters. So. Yep. All right, move on. Rondale Moore, by the way, there's still no reason as to why he's been out these first two weeks. So. It's just, he's been out. <laughs> um, Northwestern, Iowa. Northwestern won this game 21-20. to They were down, I believe it was 17 nothing to start. Oh, I'm double-checking. Oh, uh, Let me make sure. Yes, it was 17 nothing. Um, and all in the first quarter, Iowa built their lead. Northwestern, I don't remember what the stat is, but they've got the most 17-point comeback victories in the Big Ten since... I don't remember what year it was, 2004 or something like that. But point being, Northwestern is able to come back on teams. You want to know why they come back, Kevin? Why that? What did you just mention about Michigan earlier in the show? They lost what was their the identity. Stat that you, they lost their identity. What does Fitzgerald do with Northwestern when they get behind? They don't chuck it 51 times. They play football. They play possession football. They they be effective on offense. They go down, they score on their drives, and then they play tough nose defense and get the ball back. And then they, they go down. They don't they chuck the ball. They don't chuck Troy, it fifty one times. Troy, they didn't throw it fifty times. They ran it sixty times. They exactly. were down seventeen nothing in the first quarter, and they still ran the ball sixty times as a team. My point exactly. Fitzgerald does not right lose now. his identity. I'm putting the phone down right now. Just just. That that's me clapping. That's I never ever see this in college in the NFL. It's always from me, and you probably if you listen to any of the shows we do, it seems like it's almost every week that I talk about why is a team getting away, and I already did. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID nineteen testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is... What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You just talked about it earlier in the show with Michigan. Right. I'm bringing it up again. Um, why do teams get away from what they do? If you want to run the football a lot, just because you're down 10 in the second quarter, just because you're down 17 with five minutes left on the third quarter, doesn't mean you have to air the ball out. You can score. So where are these analytic people, youngster, that so-called know the analytics? You're down 17 in the first quarter. That means you have 45 minutes left and probably eight possessions left in the game. Right. So if you if you have eight possessions and you score five touchdowns, that's uh-huh. 35 points. Uh-huh. That means your defense can still give up 18 more points or 17 more points, and you if still you, win the game. I don't know if coaches, Troy, think that if you are a run-first team, and that's the way you score touchdowns, do you think those drives take 25 minutes off the clock? Apparently, seven, eight, and what does a throw first drive take you? Three or four? So you're saving what? Four minutes on average per scoring drive? It's four minutes. You have, in whatever example it is, this one's an easy one, where you have 45 minutes left. But again, even if you're down 17 with five minutes left in the third quarter, there's still 20 minutes left. (laughs) <laughs> Who cares if it takes you seven minutes to score as opposed to three? You're three scores down. You're not six scores down. It's one thing if you're down 21 points in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left. Then, yeah, then you have to throw the ball every single play. You betcha, 100%. But if you're down 21 in the first quarter, there's time. It's okay to run the football. Northwestern ran it 60 times to get back in the game and win. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise That's why I always give a thumbs up to the way Fitzgerald coaches. He does not it, lose his identity, and that's why it doesn't surprise me that they are the number one team for coming back by 17 points down. Because he will way, not. He will not. He will not get away from that game plan. Yeah. By the way, Iowa. Again, they were up 17 nothing in the first quarter. They ran it 23 times. They had 50 pass attempts. Why are you throwing the ball 50 times with a first-year starting quarterback? You have two two good backs that you know are good. You're up 17, and you're running the ball 20. Those two guys ran the ball 17 times. Your quarterback threw it 50. What in the world? (laughs) That's terrible on Kirk Ferentz. That's a hell of a good job by Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. It's, it's, you know, that's not me hating on Kirk Ferentz, loving Pat Fitzgerald. I don't care who the coaches' teams are. That's terrible on Iowa. That's terrible You're just on looking Ferentz. at another mediocre Iowa football season. By but the Kirk way, Ferentz will Iowa, still be there next Iowa, year. Iowa is 0-2 this year. Penn State is 0-2 this year. Minnesota is 0-2 this year. Northwestern after last year, they're two and Purdue after last year, two and Indiana, two and I mean, things are not going as <laughs> one would expect. 
these first two weeks. Uh, last game uh, to recap, Ohio State, Penn State. This game, I, I DVR'd it. I got home. I was working during it. It was terrible that I had to work during it. But regardless, got home, and I, I watched it, DVR. And Ohio State, I mean, it, this game, it, it just clearly showed who the best team, and I shouldn't say who the best team in the Big Ten is, I, because I don't know how Wisconsin, how Purdue, how whoever would match up against them, how Indiana, but we know what Penn State was supposed to be this year. They're supposed to be the second-best team. Maybe the Big Ten, definitely the Big Ten. This was the game for Ohio State. This was the one. Circle on the calendar in terms of true competition. I know there's Michigan, but Penn State's better. And Ohio State just physically dominated them. They were up 21-6 at halftime. They ran the ball with ease. Justin Fields missed a couple passes. It was a bad game, I suppose you could say. Still 28-34, 300 yards, four touchdowns. Like, defensively, they just owned Penn State. And for Penn State long-term this season, like, Journey Brown, I don't know what, I don't know if he's going to be out the entire year, their top running back. Noah Kane, I know he's out for the year now with an injury as of last week. So now you're on your third string back. And I know Penn State over the years has had three, four. Last year they had four really good backs on the roster at one time. Like, I know you can get to that point, but once you do, then your running game doesn't become the strong suit, the thing you can lean on. Once you have two, three good backs, and you know you can lean on that, that's great. That's how you win games, with ease. And Clifford can go play action, and bada-bing, bada-boom, they've got talented receivers. They've got one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in the country. That's how they were supposed to score 30-plus a game. This offense was supposed to be phenomenal. But if you take away their top two backs, then their running game doesn't just completely dominate, and they have play play action built off of it. Now it's the Sean Clifford show first as opposed to second. And so if that's the case, then Penn State's not going to score 30-plus a game on anyone they want to. And just physically up front, it was just Ohio State's front seven and Kirk Herbstreit, who's calling the game, noted it out a, a few times. It, it was just Ohio State on every run, it seemed like they were getting four or five yards. Penn State was getting like one or two. That, that's, that was the game in a nutshell. Ohio State just dominated up front. It wasn't even really close. So it doesn't that, matter if it's high school, college, NFL. You win in the trenches. You usually win the game on both sides. Yeah, yeah. No, Ohio State did exactly that. So that's they clearly proved to me um, as an Ohio State fan it, it's phenomenal. But as a radio show host, they, they just completely proved that they were head and shoulders above Penn State, the rest of the Big Ten East. Uh, for sure. Um, they should be favored by double digits the rest of the way up until the college football playoff unless, you know, Graham Mertz looks like clearly the next Well, we'll one find out when we move into the years. spread, won't we? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We'll find out. Got anything more and on I have not, No, and I have not looked at them as I always give my little waiver of identity that I have not looked at the spreads. This week a little easier for me not to. And I was busy at work as it's only Monday. So I've not really even cared about looking at the spread this far. But before we move into 
Next week's game, a little shout-out to our sponsor, Interpeak Coffee. Make sure you visit their website, interpeakcoffee.com. Check out all of their gourmet brews, free shipping right to your house. A lot of great stuff at Interpeak Coffee. So thanks to them for sponsoring our virtual studio line. We can move on, youngster. Sounds good. So there is one night game. We'll save that for last. Um, if you're a college football fan and you're looking for the Big Ten at night, um, hopefully you have BTN, and it's not even a game that you may want to see. Um, so I'm just just throwing that out there. Um, to start chronologically here, uh, Michigan-Indiana at noon. That's probably the best. Yeah, that's that's probably the, the game to watch uh, realistically. If there is one for the Big Ten this week, if you have to watch one, that's probably the one to watch. Michigan at Indiana. Troy, I'll let you guess the spread. Well, here we go. Indiana 2-0. Michigan, bad loss to Michigan State. Michigan at Indiana. I still think the odds makers are going to favor, not really favor. I think they're going to make it a toss-up game. But I'm going to say on the road, Michigan by three and a half. Ding, 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 ding. Isn't that just beautiful? Like last week, you were, you were terrible at picking the spread destroyed. This week, first game. Oh, what's the spread? Michigan. Bam, Michigan just half. like that, the old man finds yeah. a nut. <laughs> Perfect. The old man finds the nut. Now I'll probably be way off on the rest of them, but hey. I just look at it this way, youngster. Indiana, yeah, they're off to a 2-0 start. They've had some good stuff. It's still Michigan, a talented team. You wonder what happened to get Michigan State. We kind of know what happened. They, they chucked the ball 51 times. If they run the ball against Indiana and dominate the run and in the trenches, which they could against Indiana, they should win. But, again, you've got to give credit to Indiana. So, to be honest, Michigan by three and a half on the road, that's almost a slap in the face to a Michigan program. You are going to Indiana, a team that you should dominate, and you're only favored by three and a half. That's like a slap in the face to me. But I'll I'll let you know your two cents worth. Yeah, no, I yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, you know, Indiana's looked good. The first game they still should have lost. <laughs> Realistically, based on game flow and how it played, uh, they did not play better than Penn State, but. They came up in the clutch to hit two, you know, eight-point touchdowns. Regardless, um, they, you know, yeah, they looked good last week. That was against Rutgers. And I know I'm on Indiana's bandwagon. Um, and I said Indiana would win this game at home against Michigan, and they would be the third-best Big Ten East team this year. I won't waver off of that. Um, I, I agree that Michigan should win if Michigan is smart and they utilize exactly what you said, Troy. I won't double, you know, I won't duplicate what you said. I won't repeat it is the word I was looking for there. But Michigan should win this game on talent, top to bottom, roster-wise, offense, defense, defensive line, up front, you know. But I, I think Indiana's, I don't want to say better coached, but they're more disciplined. I think they fully won. That's the right every word. Player. Every player. Hit it on the head. More disciplined. Yeah a thousand percent in what Tom Allen is spewing at them day after day after day. I don't know if that's the case at Michigan. It's definitely not with the boosters and fans, but I think there's some uncertainty with Michigan with Indiana. I don't think there's uncertainty. I think there's, this is our quarterback. This is our running back. This is our game plan. This is our coach. He is going to put us in the best position to win this game down after down, after down, after down practice, after practice, after practice, 
we believe 100% in what he's doing. There's no looking back. There's no thinking twice. There's no nothing. So I think Indiana, in the end, pulls the upset, wins this game. I said it before the season started. Nothing has changed my mind. There's no reason why anything should change my mind at this point. So I'm just going to go with Indiana. That's yeah. I'm I'm still I'm still gonna I'm still gonna go with Michigan on the road, youngster. I yeah. I know they got embarrassed by by Michigan State, but like you said, I I have no idea why Harbaugh chucked it 51 times, and I really believe if if they get again, you you wonder what's going on. Did he get abducted by aliens? Maybe he wasn't on the sideline. Maybe it was a show of himself. But if, if you keep running the football. I think if you dominate the time of possession against Indiana, keep their offense off the field, I think Michigan can pull it out. I, I mean, this is a game that I'd look at it if I'm doing my weekend betting. I would probably stay away from this game. Because yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Indiana won. Indiana's better than Michigan State. So could Indiana right. win this game? Sure, they could. If Michigan wants to toss it 51 times. So... Yeah. I want to. I, I, this is a game where I'm staying away from, as a as yeah. a better. I I don't no, want to touch it. I would as well, 100. Um, percent Even though I'm going with the underdog plus three and a half. Um, so yeah, no lock there. By the way, we are 0-2 on our locks this season. We have only locked one team. Week one, we locked Penn State minus six and a half. They straight up lost to Indiana. And then week two, we had Penn State plus 12 and a half against Ohio State. We barely lost that one. They lost by 13 points as opposed to 12 and a half. So we are 0-2 in our locks. We are terrible when it comes to picking Penn State and their lines and what will yeah, actually end up. I think we're staying away from Penn State from now on. Let's just, we'll see. We'll see later in the show. No, no lock in uh, Penn State. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, anyway, moving on. Northwestern at home against Nebraska. Nebraska gets to play this week. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing, but... I'll let you go, Troy. Northwestern at home against Nebraska. I'll say Northwestern by seven and a half. Northwestern minus four. Um, and if you told me before the year, like, all right, talent-wise, who's got the better team top to bottom? Well, Nebraska probably has more talent, especially based on what Northwestern did a, a year ago. But, I mean, we we've seen what, Northwestern can do this year and their identity, what they want to do, and so they're at home against Nebraska. Yeah, I, I could see Northwestern winning that game. Did you I, – I might have completely missed it, but did you give a point spread? I think you did, and I just forgot. Yeah, I said seven and a half. Northwestern North, minus four. Yeah, and then you said minus four for Northwestern. So oh, okay, I already said that. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you already uh, went there, youngster. Yeah, I, just, I didn't say anything. That was surprising. I was going a yeah. little higher. It seems like the the odds makers are going a little bit higher this year. But you know, I, I look at it. Nebraska does have a good offense, but I can't I, I can't discard what Northwestern's done in the first two weeks. It doesn't matter who they played. I just look at it. You mentioned being down by seventeen. It's Gerald has a system in place, and it looks like he has the players to run his style of play. Maybe this is that every once in a while year, and maybe it's every other year for Fitzgerald now, where they're near the top of the Big Ten West. I'm not saying that they're going to be there at the end, because it's only two games, but I'll tell you, through two weeks, 
don't don't sleep on Northwestern. Uh, that's that's what I'm going to say because they're going to do what they do, and it looks like he has the personnel to do it. Can he do it against everybody? I don't know, but he's off to a good start. Yeah, seems like Northwestern is going to be three and zero to start this year. Which, I mean, they didn't win. I don't, I don't think a year ago they won three games. Period. Maybe they did. Uh, now I'm curious to check. If they ended up right at three. Uh, well, yeah, they ended up right at three. So, yeah, I, I think they moved to three and zero. So, moving on. Uh, Michigan State at Iowa at noon. <laughs> Michigan State at Iowa. There's a game I want to watch and make sure I got <laughs> tuned in and get my DVR on. <sighs> well, I really got to think the the game at Michigan, it does not prove that Michigan State is the third best team in the Big Ten East. Iowa, man, they have just pooed the bed in weeks one and two. I still think Iowa's a better team. I think the odds makers, though, are going to look at last week's win because it's what have you done for me lately. I think they're going to say Iowa by four and a half. It is Iowa minus six and a half. So you're doing much better this week, Troy. Obviously hitting one on the head <laughs> helps. But, yeah, Iowa minus six and a half. Um, hey, hey being game, a couple points off, I mean, that's not bad for me. Oh, no. Now, if anyone can be, you know, two points off a, a spread, that's that's a win. I think. Oh, I'd like to be better. I'd like to be right every time, but right, that's that's impossible <laughs> to pick exact spreads. That's you know. All right, give, 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 your, give your synopsis. Give your synopsis of this one, youngster. Yeah, um, Iowa. I mean, again, at home, better team overall. Yes, I know they're zero two. I know Michigan State just beat Michigan, but I think that comes to an end. Uh, Iowa, realistically. They should uh, be able to close against a Michigan team, a Michigan State team that shouldn't be able to score much. But I mean, Iowa hasn't won a game yet this year. So is this just a year where they fall short, lose leads, can't come back, and they go three and five, and nothing happens to Kurt Ferentz? I mean, that's <laughs> that's entirely possible. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, Iowa is the more talented team. They are at home. They should win the game. It's, it should be that simple. Yeah. Iowa should win this game, Kevin, and they should definitely, to be honest, I think they should cover that threat. I think they win by more than a touchdown. I, I know we can look back last week and say, oh, look what Michigan State did to a Michigan defense. You know what? Again, I think it's a pure anomaly that that happened. I I don't think you're going to see Michigan State all of a sudden become this great football team. No way. So I I think Iowa can cover that spread. So I I think Iowa wins. But it's up to your confidence level if you want to lock it in. I would say no uh, based on Iowa being 0-2 and doing what they did a week ago. That's that's not, hey, I'm not even. I'm not even going to try to persuade you like I do a lot of times. You know, I try yeah. to persuade you many times. Yeah. If there's one team coach where you wouldn't try and persuade me hu- hugely, um, it, it would be Iowa. But 
I'll leave it at that. Well, if I had uh, if I had some fancy fancy stats in my back pocket that I could throw out to give you a reason why, then maybe. Uh-huh. But I don't. It's Kirk Ferentz. It's Iowa. They poo the bed the first two games. It's Michigan State. They suck. I mean, but they beat Michigan. So hey, there there is no logical reason for us to lock this game. Move on. Yep. Wisconsin, hopefully at three thirty Eastern. Hopefully Wisconsin. Hopefully is at home, hopefully, against Purdue. Again, hopefully, this, this game happens. Wisconsin at yeah, home the spread will be the, the spread will be negative COVID. <laughs> there is a spread. There is a spread. <laughs> There's a spread of COVID on the University of Wisconsin <laughs> campus. There's your spread, people. The spread of COVID on the University. And I, I joke, I'm a Badger fan. But you look at this, it's going to be – Graham Mertzless against Purdue. Right. It's it's not the same Wisconsin team in week one. And Purdue, you, know, you mentioned it, they're still putting up points. It's a good Badger defense, though. And the Badgers, though, have a running back by committee. I, I think the betters are looking at no Graham Mertz, no Jack Cohn. They're looking at, you know, the janitor putting on pads to be a backup quarterback in this one. I think it's going to be a low spread. I think it's going to be Wisconsin favored by only four and a half. You never give your Badgers enough love. Uh, Wisconsin minus eight and a half. But no. point being, I, I'm no. I would be no way. I would, no way. I'd love it. I would be. You're so going to curious. be playing with a quarterback that does not have any experience in a in a running back tandem that does not have any experience what is the defense scoring 10 points maybe i i I think that is a gracious line for the badgers i'm worried about this game youngster if it is played all of the covid cases that are out there it's crazy yeah uh danny vandenboom would be their quarterback i i mean point being you know i i would be so curious to see a couple things, what the spread would be if Mertz was healthy in the starter. I would also be curious to see what the spread would be if Cone was the starter. Um, if Mertz I'd, was the starter, youngster, I would have given the Badgers love, and I probably would have said 12 and a half. Yeah. So that, that to you, that's like a basically a touchdown difference. Yeah. I believe yeah. that. I mean, even I, with one I'm, game – because you know you've got a, oh, yeah. a four-string quarterback playing. Yeah, I to me it's all realistically it's more than a touchdown um, for Vegas perspective, probably about right. Um, I again that's that's what I would be curious about is if Cone were starting compared to if Mertz were starting, what the spread would be. Just just curious. Like does does Vegas think that Mertz gives them a better opportunity at beating Purdue? by more than Conewood. I'd be curious to find that out. Obviously, we won't this entire season, but, you know, it is what it is there. Well, I, I guess it's not 100% known if Cone is going to be back or not, at least to my knowledge. But If he's just, back, his um, job is done. I mean, I mean, really, he'll be a backup to Graham Mertz as soon as Mertz gets rid of this COVID. Yeah. Yep. They they better they better put styrofoam around that man. 
Right. What you, when the 21 I, I days are up, just wrap them in styrofoam. Yeah. Or saran wrap. I, uh, so I, I will not lock this um, one way or the other. I, I would. I'm not locking it either. I think the Badgers could lose. Right. And I think Wisconsin could win by 10. I Realistically, I think this is, I believe in what you're saying, um, especially the way Purdue's offense has looked and the offense they have, and especially if Rondale Moore were on the field too, that that would be even more reason to think Purdue would win this game. Um, the I, thing I, is, I, though, I youngster, that, that Badger defense is very, very good. It is yeah. very, very good. It, it could stymie Purdue and it could hold them to what? I mean, a good week in college football, 17 points. But I have so many questions with this Wisconsin offense with no Mercer. Even even if Cone was in the game, I think I feel comfortable they would win the game. I really would. But you don't have Cone, and you don't have Mertz. You have a guy that, when the season began, was the fourth-string quarterback. Fourth. Because you've got to remember, Mertz's backup is out. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right, I, move on. Yeah. Uh, Maryland at Penn State. <laughs> Maryland, by the way, has a better record. Yeah, Penn I know State. they do. We, want, we wonder if the voters are going to give Maryland the love and just poo-poo on Penn State because they're 0-2. Penn State, you know, you look at it, though, youngster, we mentioned it. We can mention it. It wasn't that one play. There's plays in the game why Penn State lost against Indiana, but they lost nonetheless. And then last week just dominated by Ohio State, who is clearly a better team. But when you look at this on paper, Maryland and Penn State, Penn State is a better team. It's Maryland at Penn State. And I think they're going to be Penn State by 11 and a half. <laughs> Penn State minus 25 in this game. <laughs> That's a bit much. That's a bit much. Give Maryland some credit for what they what, – maybe two touchdowns you can convince me, 14-and-a-half as a betting line, but 25, I'll tell you what, I I wouldn't be – oh, man, are you serious? We're going we're gonna to go to Penn State. Now watch them win by 27. They're going to win by 27 just because if we lock this game, they'll win by 27. So I'm, I guess I'm the Penn not, State fans want us to lock it. I'm I mean, not on the I, same wave. I'm not on the same wavelength as you, Troy. Like, I, I could see Penn State win by four touchdowns because we saw what Maryland's offense could do week one, and it would be playing a better defense against Penn State. And Penn State just got their hearts broken. They need to win one football game. I, I think they can get it done against Maryland's defense, so I, I could see a big bounce back. Yeah, we're going to crush you because we're better than you. We're more physical than you. We're just going to crush you. So I could see Penn State winning by four touchdowns, honestly. So I, I don't think there's any way we're locking this one. No, no. If I had money and I could bet in Wisconsin, I'd put my money on Maryland. I think Maryland covers that. Make a note. Make a note, because I forget by the time the games roll around. That's yeah. only two days out. Make a note now. It's Monday. We're more than, almost a week out. Make a note. See yeah. if Maryland covers, and then if they, if they don't, you can rub it in my face next week. Fair enough. There we go. So make a note, so, rub it in old man's face when Maryland doesn't cover the spread. There we go. Will do. Um, also at 3.30, last game at 3.30 before the, the big night capper, Minnesota at Illinois, 3.30. Believe it or not, that's an interesting game and one that I yeah, wouldn't mind watching. I uh, wish Brandon Minnesota. Peters were playing for Illinois, but 
Yeah, well, that and that's and that's that's where my that's where my hesitation comes in because we saw what happened without him. But you look at Minnesota, and, and again, sorry to the Gopher fans. You know, maybe I should stay mute again, but I really haven't really praised them. I've actually probably been critical of them, saying prove it. Yeah. I, I think I think they get back on track against Illinois again, home and away right now. With COVID, it's you know to me it's not that much of a point swing. Minnesota yeah. is a better team, but they have not proven it in two weeks. And Illinois, well, we talked about them being that program as probably that in a typical season, that eight and four team, that team that can be right around there if Lovey gets them onto the right track. These are the games, though, if they want to separate themselves by beating Minnesota, that would be huge. But I think Minnesota, the odds makers will put them on the road. I think they'll favor Minnesota by four. Favored by seven. So it's a full touchdown. Um, and at the end of the day, especially with Peters out, I, I think Minnesota gets their first win here. I think they beat them by more than a touchdown. I think a touchdown is fair. Um, even with Peters, though, I think Minnesota should probably win by a touchdown. But Minnesota has not proven that they should should beat Illinois by a touchdown, which doesn't literally make sense. But you get my point. Um, well, and that's why I went with four. Point. That's why I didn't go with a touchdown. Yeah. On paper, they're uh, on paper they're two touchdowns better. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But they, they haven't. haven't they, haven't, they have not played up to their potential. Now maybe they will this week, and just crush yeah. Illinois. But it is what it is. I, that's why I went with four, just because I've not been impressed with Minnesota in weeks one and two. And Illinois, I'm not saying I'm impressed with Illinois, but we talked about Illinois after last year. And, you know, as much as I joke about Illinois going to a bowl game, we did give Lovey Smith the credit. Okay, this is, we said it was, it was your year, Lovey. You either need to do something or you're gone. And he did something. And now we'll see if he can build on it because we joked. Remember years ago, Kevin, we kept joking about Lovey Smith playing the young guys. Like, why are you playing the new guys? Yeah. Why aren't you recruiting? Yep. You, know, you know, what's going on here with your recruiting, Lovey? So maybe yeah. now he's got this program at least on steady ground. And so, you know, that's why I went with four, seven points to me, Kevin. I could see Illinois scoring late you know, being down by 10, being down by 14, and making it a one-score game and covering that spread. So I would I would go – I mean, I think Minnesota wins, uh, but I, I'm just leery on the spread. You know, I could see yeah. some slot points at the end in this one. I think Minnesota should dominate this game, though. Yeah, that's why I'd be willing to lock Minnesota. But so far to this point, nope. we do not have a lot. So last nope. game, again, big night capper here. Ohio State is at home, and they're at home against Rutgers, who is one and one. Who cares if they're one and one? <laughs> the point spread on this one—if if they gave, if they gave. Like I said, Troy, this, Penn this State. is a big nightcap game. Here we go. Well, for you, it is. For you, it is. <laughs> for me, I'll be long in bed by the time this game starts. It's only seven. So if they gave Penn State. What was what was the Penn State line? Twenty twenty-five and a half. Twenty-five. 25 over Maryland. This is Ohio State and Rutgers. I'm going to say the line on this. This team fights hard. I don't care if they fight hard. They're playing Ohio State at Ohio State, even if there's no fans. They could play this. this. 
He used to coach I, I Ohio State care. defense, Troy. So he knows the I inner I don't really care where he coached. Ohio State by 30 and a half. Yeah, almost. 37 and a half. Oh, my I mean, God. If Shano, if Shano wasn't there and Rutgers was 0-2 and, and looked terrible, what would the spread be, like 50? I mean, they've I Rutgers has looked as good. I'm as almost as willing to lock that, though. I'm almost willing to lock 37 and a half. The, the, the oh, way that Ohio State dominated Penn State, I mean, nah, yeah. here's, here's the thing that would be I'd be a little leery about, though. It, would Ohio State take their foot off the gas when they're up 35-3? to three? Would they just take their foot off the gas and put the second stringers in? That would be my Absolutely. only concern about this point spread. And they usually, they might, It might be 35-3 to three after the, at, at halftime. Yeah, they, they usually do that. Um, and especially with the depth they have, they want to see what their five stars that are sitting on the bench can do. So, I, yeah, I do think Ohio State blows Rutgers out. Obviously, everyone thinks that. But at the end of the day, I think their backups are playing at least a quarter and a half. So, and you add to the fact that, again, Shiano coached at Ohio State not that long ago. I think there's some sort of respect there. I think both programs know that Ohio State's going to kill Rutgers. Both programs know. Coaches, players, they know what's going to happen realistically. Can something crazy happen? Of course. But both programs know where they're at. Um, something crazy can happen for a spurt in this game, Kevin. This, this Again, we've got to be realistic. It's Rutgers. So maybe, like right off, maybe Ohio State fumbles the opening kickoff and Rutgers goes up 7 nothing. Then, then Ohio State throws an interception, a pick six, and it's fourteen to nothing. Even at fourteen to nothing, right, quick like right. that, I still wouldn't be I worried. Would not, I wouldn't be worried as an Ohio State fan unless they were down like seventeen in the fourth quarter. I guess you know sixteen, fifteen, because you're asking for a two point conversion. If they're if it's more than two, if it's more than fourteen points in the fourth quarter, then I'd be worried. That's when I would start to get worried. Otherwise, no. no. There's no worry in this game. My, the, the only thing with no. this is, Kevin, you look at Ohio State, they, they easily are probably going to drop 45, 52 points, right? And yeah. if it was just starters and it's 52 to 3, there's your spread, right? But like you said, probably what happens is it is probably out of hand at halftime, like 28, 31 to 10 even. Yeah. They send the offense out on the first drive. If they score a touchdown, they're yanked, Right. Second right. team's still good enough to score. They're going to put 52 up. But then again, yeah. you, now your second team defense is in. Rutgers scores two touchdowns and makes it 52-17. to 17. Right. And a 35-point game, they cover the spread. So, no, you said it's 37-and-a-half, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. If Rutgers loses by 35, they cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they'd cover the spread. But on the flip right. side... On the flip side, maybe Rutgers totally proves the bet and it's fifty-two to three. I mean, <laughs> that's why these you and I usually stay away from these very huge point spreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think smartly we do. That being said, the last two years we've been terrible at picking spreads. So yeah, we're terrible at it. We do it for fun. People probably listen to make fun of us. That's okay. Yeah, at least I feel little, at least I feel like I got back on track with the normal games this week. Hit one right yeah. on the head right off the bat. Yep. And maybe maybe being a little conservative with some teams, given going with the four and four point spreads, 
you know, hey, I feel better about myself. I don't feel like an idiot. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's all we try to do on this show is not be idiots. At, at the same time, yeah. we don't really care what how we come off. Um, we just we spit our opinions at you, and you listen. We thank all the listeners that do listen to the show. It's not one or two or ten or twelve or a hundred. We we know the views that we get on the GrowingTruth.com. We know, you know. So thank you all uh, for listening to the show. And you know what, youngster? At the end of the day, when the show is over, guess what? Our dogs still love us. <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> I say that because I'm not. I normally record record the show on the way home. Well, the big big show takes longer, so I'm at home. My dog is jumping on me. Like I need to go outside. <laughs> I need to go outside. Right. So, like I yeah. said, it doesn't matter what people think about us. Our dogs still love us when we get home. So, well, what else you got on the Big Ten, youngster? Nothing. Uh, hopefully, we get seven games this week. Hopefully, Wisconsin Purdue gets going. But yeah, yeah that's it. Hopefully, that's all I got. Interpeak Coffee right. virtual studio line. Shout out to Interpeak Coffee. Check out interpeakcoffee.com for all the stuff they have. Yeah, and uh, order something and get your name on the bottom of the screen. It's pretty neat. Pretty neat. But, yeah, make sure you check it out. Interpeakcoffee.com. Thank you to Interpeak for sponsoring, sponsoring our virtual studio line. For the young man, the great. Keep smiling. We'll get back at you next week. Next week, can't play great stuff. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com voiceiq to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.